Hello and welcome to a special bonus Saturday episode here. I'm Matt Harmon from Yahoo Fantasy chatting with my buddy, TJ Hernandez from 4 for 4. Whoa, TJ, me and you doing a podcast together. Uh, I, I'm just going to go right into this. Well, let me let me get the business out of the way first. Business, business first here because I'm a professional. We're going to be doing this all regular season. It's going to go on both the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast feed and the DFS MVP feed. So, you know, listen, if you're already listening to whichever one you're actually listening to, whichever one you found this podcast on, go subscribe to the other one. Go support TJ or support me. This is like a little handshake thing we're all doing here. But, dude, TJ, you and I did a show together in like 2014, man, before either one of us ever thought we'd be doing this as like a, quote, real job or, or whatever you'd like to you know, ascribe whatever label you you would like to put to this thing that we do here, man. I am so gassed up to be doing this show with you once again. Yeah, dude, I, I'm really excited. We were we were doing this thing back when we were um what we were we were getting the whole two three viewers every Sunday, um just trying to get our <laughs> names out there. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm always excited to do stuff with you and just Yahoo in general. We've had a lot of uh, collabs over the years, and to be doing DFS specific stuff for Yahoo, it's it's something I've been trying to get people to to focus on for a long time. Uh, I think people are going to start realizing that moving over some of their DFS funds to Yahoo is going to be a really good experience especially this year there's a lot of cool stuff going on man yeah no doubt i mean we've obviously got the single game contest which i'm really excited about we're probably not going to talk about those as much here because you know that's more like instant stuff like in the moment everything uh we're going to be hitting on more main slate guys but you know i'm I'm writing a column every single week focusing on those single game slates I, i just love that stuff in general it's like anything to get me i'm already always excited about the island games the primetime games because like i'm a big story guy big narrative like big picture stuff and you so that that's that's always going to be like island games are always going to dictate that. But then like any time you could do a little narrative stuff, but also put a little um, you know scratch behind it like yeah. that is what's going to get me really excited. So I love that. Everything is good here. But yeah, again, either way, you're going to be listening to this on Saturday, which is a pure psycho degenerate move on your part. We love that. We love you out there. We hope there's way I'm, I'm going to predict there's more than two or three people listening to this right now, which is a very good and I exciting so. thing. But again. Uh, just one last business note here. Yahoo Fantasy signups. If you're listening to this, it's not too late to get involved into a league. And of course, you can sign up for Yahoo Fantasy Plus. Take it for a test drive with a free trial. Yahoo.com slash fantasy football. TJ, before we get into week one, which as we were talking about, you know, before we started recording here, feels like it came and like just hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it I don't know what it is either, dude. Like after the, the covid off season of last year, you know, the will they won't they sort of like, are we even going to have a season? You get you feel like I'd be more prepared for this season than ever. Every I'm not. It happens. It happens every year. I'm I'm telling myself week one. I got I got to get to bed early. Starting last week, I need to be getting up early. Have my research and articles ready to rock. And you know, it's kickoff for Thursday nights in a couple hours as we record this. And I'm already like two articles behind. Why wouldn't I be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd think someday we'll grow up, but maybe not. Speaking of growing up and uh, trying to get better, TJ, before we dive into the week one stuff, is there any kind of just for maybe some new folks that are are coming to Yahoo Fantasy or just DFS in general, any sort of like 101 tips uh, for the new folks out there or folks even more importantly who have tried DFS and been frustrated because they haven't quite uh, they haven't won like three million dollars yet, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is obviously I can sympathize with. 
Well, for, first of all, uh, yeah, stop trying to win $3 million because that's a really uh, good way to burn all of your money up. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I think that in general, we talk about this with typical redraft leagues. You need to know your your scoring system, first of all. So many things can change based on how many players you have to roster at a position, whether it's full or half PPR, Yahoo's half PPR, um, if there's any bo- bonus scoring there isn't on Yahoo. So all those things really factor into how you're going to be playing the game, learning things like value, like roster construction. And and I mean, we, we don't have time to get into all of those things right mm-hmm. now, but just kind of like a, a quick and dirty overview, Yahoo being a half PPR site with with no bonuses that is really going to typically favor your high volume running backs and whether you're playing in cash games or GPPs those guys are going to be the anchors of your team they're going to have the highest upside on a system like Yahoo um further just you you kind of made the joke about you know trying to win a million dollars every week but Probably one of the most overlooked aspects to being a successful daily fantasy player is figuring out what type of games you need to play. Now, some people are are going to be better at cash games. Some be- people are going to be better at GPPs. When we say cash games, um, that's going to be like your head-to-head head-to-head double up 50-50 type contest but try just dabbling early on don't go to the biggest tournament play a little bit of everything and figure out what makes sense to you uh are you really good at finding the best values and and using that nuanced value system to build a cash game or are you do you like a contrarian mindset are you able to figure out what the field is doing and and leverage those opportunities in GPPs. Uh, so I think people just need to take the time to really understand what game selection means, not just in terms of selecting those games, but finding the best games. Yahoo's offering games with, um, they're, they're calling it a no, no shark environment. That means there's games where you're not playing against the best players in the world. They're, they're, offering games where no veterans or people with a veteran tag on Yahoo aren't allowed to play or beginner only contest go after those first because that's how you're going to get good playing against you know playing against equal competition and finding out where you're good and and weak at while also saving money and looking for contests that pay out the highest percentage of the field um where 30% of the money isn't going to first place where if you're in, in the top 1%, you still get a little decent cash. All those little things add up to um, to the bottom line. Like it's not always just about coming in first place. Like when you do place in whatever contest, you maximizing your money. So again, I, I think it's, 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 a, it's a really broad subject, but kind of having those guidelines and, and um, going on four for four, looking at some of the, the deeper dives we've done on these topics, uh, a lot of it outside of just building a lineup comes down to, to being a good DFS player. Yeah, interestingly enough, we talk about obviously daily fantasy is, um, you know, it's, it's more the one game, the, the weekly format of fantasy football, but the same mantra that applies to season long fantasy football, that it's a marathon and not a sprint. It's the same sort of thing. I mean, it's obviously you want that instant one week gratification of it, but you know you can still be a successful season long player and have a couple bad weeks. Same thing with daily fantasy as long as you're making smart decisions in the long run. So that's a really good kind yeah. of one oh one breakdown. You got there. Oh, one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it. you actually just reminded me, and there there is a a psychological mentality you have to have to be a good DFS player. Like the the thing about DFS, it's not we're not trying to maximize how many times we win. We're trying to maximize how much we win when we do win. So where a redraft player, the best players might be used to winning twelve out of sixteen weeks, or maybe even going undefeated. In DFS, it's different. 
A lot of times the yeah. best players in the world are losing 10 out of 16 weeks, but those six weeks they win, they're winning big. So understanding like that you you don't want to get into these psychological traps where just because you're losing, you switch things up. The The right approach has a lot of losing weeks. Yeah, people hate the whole like process over results thing, but it's <laughs> yeah. so true when it yeah, came yeah. when it comes to daily fantasy most yep. of all. So that's a very very good reminder. All right, the format of this show is going to be pretty simple. Number 1, like when it comes to me and TJ, TJ is like leaps and bounds several miles ahead in terms of like his DFS knowledge what he is, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, so I'm going to definitely try to get as much as I can uh, get the hell out of the way, which is not something I'm used to. <laughs> but anyways, I'm going to try to get the hell out of the way as much as possible and let like TJ shine here because he's really the DFS like aficionado of the two of us. But the format here is really going to be simple. We're going to go position by position. We're going to hit one expensive player, one cheaper player at each position, and then we'll kind of do some fades. Uh, basically, that's really where we're where we're going to go with this. Really just try to get you all focused on players that we like for the week. And, and let's start off at quarterback. And TJ, I'll let you hit on your expensive guy first. Yeah, well, before I get into that, let me stroke your ego a little bit because I do think there's an All edge. Right, fine, I, I, guess, I fine, fine, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I do think there is an edge early in the season for, for players or for DFS players that are really good at player evaluation, which I think you, you're obviously ex excellent at with things like reception perception. So if you are able to kind of understand which players are good and should be breaking out, um, those are players that are going to be overlooked by a lot of DFS players. So I, I do think there is a, a edge to be had um, on, on your expertise side. But getting into the the quarterback side of things, um, the the guy that really stands out to me towards the top of the salary is Josh Allen at thirty five dollars on Yahoo. Um, I mean, there there isn't uh, a quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes last year that we saw like on a per game or per play basis that was as efficient as Josh Allen. Obviously, finished as the QB one, and and that wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like he had some crazy nine percent touchdown rate. Um, he accounted for seventy five percent of the team's total yards, over eighty percent of the offense because obviously he gets a ton of going with his legs. And and the Bills this week, one of three teams on the main slate uh, with an implied point total over uh, twenty seven points. So you're you're getting him at a discount compared to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and there just isn't a guy that's going to account for so much of his team's offense as Josh Allen. There's, there's nothing to indicate that this Bills team is going to have any different philosophy than they did last year. If anything, they might be throwing more um, with the addition of Manny Sanders uh, and Gabe Davis coming on as, as a really strong second-year guy. And, and Brian DeBall, luckily for people that like the Bills, still there. Um, and then uh, lower tier down at 26 bucks, we have Jalen Hurts. And, and again, what we're really looking for this, especially this year, it's going to be really hard to get away from these mobile, efficient passers, efficient in terms of fantasy points per play. Like we're looking for efficiency with our quarterbacks. In Jalen Hurts' limited time last year, he had as many fantasy points per snap as Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, more than Tom Brady, more than Justin Herbert. Um, the 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 value of a rushing quarterback is it's um, unmatched right now. And, and there's only eight or nine guys that could give you what the Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts type can on the ground. And if Hurts can just be a little efficient as a passer, he has QB, overall QB1 upside every single week. This game has a 49 point total. The spread is only three and a half. So even though the Eagles are underdogs, um, the, the range of outcomes here is really wide. Yeah, on the Josh Allen pick, I mean, that's what 
led me to kind of rank just, uh, Stefan Diggs, besides the fact that like I've just been waiting to do this for like four years now, I <laughs> to rank Stefan Diggs as the number one receiver this year is that like Josh Allen doesn't actually have a lot of statistical regression coming for him. And, and Diggs, yes. too, 4.8% target, uh, 4.8% touchdown rate la- last year. Like that actually has room to grow if they yeah. continue to throw at yep. the clip that, that we expect. Hertz is interesting because I was kind of bearish on his redraft price because you basically had to pay for like that all that upside that you just talked about was basically baked right into his cost whereas guys like Lamar Jackson Kyler Murray even Josh Allen last year like you were getting a lot of that discount uh for that upside there too but who cares in in DFS right like I think I wrote that in in my analysis of Hertz this offseason was I'm probably not going to draft Hertz very often unless he slips to like the 10th round when he goes eighth ninth round but like let me get him fired up in in great DFS spots like and this is perfect, not just because it was rushing, but like you look at the Falcons defense, CJ, and they're probably going to, you know, they'll be a little different. Dean Pease is a really good coordinator I like, but that personnel is still as hideous as ever. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I think Philly has a stronger pass catching core than people are giving them credit for. I mean, Jalen Rager was a first round pick last year. Obviously, we didn't see what we were hoping to see out of him, but that could still be That's a really good <laughs> that could still be a, a really good tight end duo if, if Zach Kurtz has anything left in the tank. And then Miles Sanders is a capable pass catching back. So, I mean, I they're not like a, a top wide receiver or receiving core in the league, but I also don't think they're one of the worst by by a lot i think Devonte smith is really going to help uh yeah. jalen hurts adjusted completion percentage and completion percentage overall because he's actually a guy that can get open yep. um i'll i'll jump into my quarterbacks now too number one up up the top of the tier uh i've got kyler murray at 34 dollars and look, look look like obviously kyler murray rocks uh we know that the arizona cardinals are really up there pace of play too. the titans defense they played a lot of man coverage last year. We know they might switch things up this year. I I don't know. Mike Vrabel never really has put together a very good defense. He's kind of taking the reins out of his hands this year. But the point remains that they still should be a pretty man coverage heavy defense. We know that mobile quarterbacks can really rip up a man coverage heavy defense. And I just think overall this, this could be a pretty high scoring game like Kyler Murray in this spot. Um, he still is the centerpiece of their offense without any doubt. And then sort of lower down, much, much lower down, actually. I've got Trevor Lawrence at 23 bucks, and I, it's his first NFL game. Obviously, it's it's definitely a dart throw, but if you want access to more higher-priced guys, this Houston Texans offense looks bad. That defense might be worse. They just I, Obviously, Bradley Roby was suspended anyways, but they just shipped Roby out the door for like a third-round pick or whatever to the Saints. So um, there's a chance that Trevor Lawrence could come out with a, a receiver core that I think is pretty underrated. Like, I think Marvin Jones is a great pickup this week as well. Um, so I, I think Trevor Lawrence could actually find a lot of success in his first career start in this spot. Yeah, one, one thing that I think – we will talk about a ton um, in this weekly segment is like we're not always just targeting players, especially in DFS. We're targeting situations or teams, and those are two situations Mm -hmm. that are fantastic. That Arizona-Tennessee game is one um, that probably is the most likely shootout in terms of a back and forth on both sides. So any way you get access to that game, you're going to be really excited. And then the situation, Jacksonville, like we just want, we're probably going to be targeting Houston with our DFS defenses and then just with all of our offensive players every single week so why not get the guy that's going to touch the ball the most against them that's super cheap I mean there's a really good chance that if if Trevor Lawrence he's also a guy that could be uh, that that's mobile enough to to put up some some fantasy points down at $23 like there's a chance this is the cheapest we see him on Yahoo all year 
very, very good chance, especially if he comes out and has like 300 plus yards in his mm-hmm. first game, which I think is, you know, like that's not even that aggressive of a prediction sure. because this is a rough defense with not a lot of star power, if any star power, honestly. Like who is who is a high quality starter for the Texans defense right now? Like can't name one. Can't name one. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> that's the situation we're in. And I do like the offensive talent there for Jacksonville. Yeah, so if you're into Marvin Jones this year, and I think a lot of people are are into Marvin Jones this week, if you're thinking about LaVisca Chenault this week, you also should, again, bring it back to the guy that's going to touch the ball on every single snap. TJ, let's move into running backs. And, and this let's go like your highest guy, my highest guy, okay. then your cheap this time. So you start us off here with a very um, under the radar pick for your most expensive running back. Uh, my most expensive running back. Uh, I, I don't think he's too under the radar. No, um, I, I wanted to bring uh, Christian McCaffrey up in our first episode of the season because pretty much if he's on the main slate, um, unless like his price reaches like $50 or something, I don't think anybody's ever been priced that high on Yahoo. He's a guy that you're just going to jam in. And in DFS, a player like Christian McCaffrey has so much value. He's so much better than the field that even though this is a, a, um, a show about value, I think a lot of people think about DFS in terms of value and like saving as much money as possible. No, value is players that are going to give you the teams the highest floor, the highest ceiling, and understanding where we need to save and where we shouldn't. And Yahoo scoring sets up to where there's just no reason to not pay up for the CMCs of the world. And you might look at a Dalvin and you might look at a Derrick Henry and say, well, I could save a couple bucks here. When CMC is on the main slate, he's the guy that I'm going to want. So as we progress throughout the season, like if he's on every main slate, I'm going to save the listeners being very redundant, but I wanted to bring him up <laughs> here because I think he is that important to talk about and, and basically say, if he's on the main slate, I'm trying to get him in my lineup. And this week too, I actually think there's a chance that Jets-Panthers game, look, they're, they're two teams that are probably not going to be very good this year. But there's a chance that that could be kind of one of those like sloppy team shootouts in yeah, week one yeah, as well, you absolutely. know, because the Panthers defense, they've made some investments in it. You know, J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin's a guy that's coming on as well, but they were not a good overall unit last year. The Jets defense, they made a big signing in Carl Lawson. They lose him for the year. Sheldon Rankins has also been injured this offseason as well. So they're, they're a defense that definitely looks like they've got some holes personnel-wise. So that, that could be a high-scoring game overall. So a good spot to start CMC in week one when he's probably going to be you know at his healthiest that he is all year too. So it's a great call there. And I think it's good to just call that out as well, that sometimes like the, the smart thing to do is not always look for the cheapest player at every position. And that's the reason that we're going to give you some of these like $10 defenses or $10 tight ends or, or $14 receivers so that you can think about like, what are the ways that I can save at other positions to access, as you said, off the top, like the half PPR format and like no bonuses does really lend itself to these locked and loaded running backs. Mine this week, and I notice he's actually in your fade section too, so maybe we can go back and forth on this here. Alvin Kamara at 34, my logic for this was basically um, one from a defensive matchup perspective. I know that Mike Pettin's not there with Green Bay anymore, thank God. That was like one of the most difficult-to-watch defenses in this era of football. But you know, the Packers were a team that got ripped up by running backs last year, both through the air and on the ground. You know, Again, Pettin not being there, system change. That might be a little different this year, but I also just think, again, Kamara's kind of be the center of the offensive universe in the uh, in the New Orleans area this year. And most importantly, too, I, I was actually looking at this just before we started, like the New Orleans Saints were 28th last year in neutral situation pace of play back in like 2011, you know, when Breeze was breaking all these records and they were more of a high flying offense, they were third, you know, so I, I think overall, like the Saints might get back to that type of 
offensive play calling, both with the deep shot play action passing game and, you know, just more efficient offense overall than what we've seen with Drew Brees in the last few years. I think that's good news, actually, for Alvin Kamara. But tell me why you might be a little bit more hesitant this week. Well, one, we've seen the just the line moving in, in Green Bay's favor quite a bit in this game, which doesn't doesn't necessarily kill Kamara's value because he is obviously a really good pass catcher. Um, I just have concerns about what this Saints offense is going to look like as a whole. Obviously, we saw Kamara's target share really drop off without Drew Brees last year. Of course, that was with Taysom Hill at quarterback. But at the same time, we haven't typically seen Jameis be a quarterback that's going to to, to check down to his running backs. Now, when you have a talent like Kamara, I, I think that changes a little bit, but there's just also, there's, there's enough uh, question marks there where I'm just not sure that he's going, to, he's, he's never even been like a 20 plus touch guy anyway. So for Kamara losing two or three touches a game is, is huge for him. Um, on top of that, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we already see Taysom Hills working out with tight ends again. So how surprised yeah. are we going to be if those goal line situations come in where it's a, it's a Taysom package and, and he gets his little quarterback sneak and takes away some more of Kamara's uh, touchdown upside. So, I mean, you mentioned the, the the slow pace of the Saints. I mean, you I, it sounds like you're a little more confident in them changing that. Um, the Packers were another team that they didn't run a lot of plays last year, and that was mass because they had uber efficiency. So two teams at a neutral site, I don't know what that means. I, I did a, a off-season study that showed that when we have home teams that are underdogs, those games typically uh, score uh, significantly significantly fewer points than home teams that are favorites. I, I know it's a neutral site, but it started that way um, already. And, and Vegas doesn't typically account for that odd inefficiency. Uh, so I'm just kind of worried. I, I was going to put the Saints in general, to be honest with you. But then I saw you write Camara, So I was like, let me just put Camara to, to stick a little jab to start off the season. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. If we can start off the show with some heat, that's good. And I totally share your concerns about the Saints offense. Like I've been kind of talking about that all all offseason that like this could be a hideous attack. But I think in week one, I could totally basically I could totally understand why somebody would want to take a wait and see approach with any of these Saints players. And obviously, Kamara is really the only one we care about besides preseason all-star Marquez Callaway, of course. Let's get into our cheaper backs. And uh, you've got another NFC South guy, actually CMC's backup from last year. Yeah, Mike Davis, who we saw, um, I mean, the reason I like him in week one is because last year we saw him be one of those guys that was a, a higher um, touch share. He, he was handling pretty much all of the running back work in Carolina and getting a, a ton of targets. And, and that's what we like to see from our running backs. We got running backs that aren't going to get phased out of the game. Um, Atlanta, after Calvin Ridley, we don't really know who their number two pass catcher is. Everybody's saying it's automatically Kyle Pitts, but that's a rookie tight end. We know Mike Davis can can catch the ball to the backfield. And on top of that, we have a game. We already kind of mentioned Jalen Hurts. This is a game that kind of have sneaky shootout potential with a lot of scoring opportunities for Mike Davis and that offense as a whole. I don't know that this Atlanta team is the team that all of a sudden is, or not all of a sudden, that continues to throw the ball 35 times a game like we've seen the last few years. Arthur Smith coming over there with his offensive philosophy, obviously very running back uh, heavy in Tennessee. Now, that's with Big Dog. Of course, you're going to let him eat, but uh, you know I, I don't know that he comes over and, and is all as pass-heavy as we've seen this Atlanta team be in the past. No, that makes a ton of sense, and I think this is the week to get in on Mike Davis. Like At some point, it feels like Mike Davis 
you know, at some point could be usurped by one of these randos behind him, Wayne Gallman, something like that, just because he's not an established player. But right now he's been the guy all offseason. He will be the guy in week one. This is a good time to get on him. Um, my guy's got much less of a secure workload. It's Trey Sermon, uh, 17 bucks. He's much cheaper than his backfield mate in Raheem Mostert. Now, you can tell me whether I'm crazy for this, but I think that, number one, good matchup, the Lions, they stink. We know that. Not not concerned about that. I think the Niners are going to be heavy favorites over this Lions team. So it's it's one of those situations as well. Um, most importantly, too, I think Sermon's going to be – I think he ends up being the 1A on this committee sooner than later, if not just right away in week one. We've seen him out there with the first team. Obviously, Mostert has been in, in bubble wrap basically all during the preseason. But Mostert was out there with the first team. And most importantly, he was out there. Excuse me. Sermon was out there with the first team. And most importantly, was out there running routes and playing on third down. I think he, if he's got the pass catching role in this backfield, he is kind of the guy to own. And if, if <laughs> 17 bucks, might, again, that might be the cheapest he's at all yeah. year. Yeah, no, he's. I mean, we talked about briefly like the, the transition from redraft to to DFS, and I I think both these guys, Trey Sermon and Mike uh, Davis, are super interesting because we've been working all off season on trying to figure out who's going to break out, who are we fading, who do we not like. I, Mike Davis is a guy that I've been fading on every redraft league. I, I don't think I have yeah. a share, but he's just in a good spot in week one. And then Trey Sermon, he's a guy that I've been targeting heavily for all the reasons you just stated. I think it's kind of a coin flip in week one, but on pretty much every other DFS site, Sermon and Mostert are priced pretty similarly. The gap here is big enough where I think it makes Sermon kind of the obvious choice for San Francisco just based on salary alone. Yeah, right. That gap was what really sold me on taking Sermon here because I just don't believe that the workload gap will be that big. Let's move into wide receiver, a position I don't really know very much about, so you can you can kind of help me on this one. Uh, tell me who is your expensive player this week. Uh, we want access to that Chiefs offense in, in some form or fashion in, uh, in every format, and we're going to get the points from Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I specifically picked Hill in this one because this game does look like a huge shootout, and one thing that uh, we found in the new 444 correlation tool, Mahomes games correlate a lot more with Tyreek Hill than they do with Travis Kelsey, meaning mm. that Kelsey doesn't necessarily need the huge shootout games uh, to have his huge blow of weeks. And a lot of people have a really tough time deciding, do I want Tyreek or Travis Kelsey? This is supposed to be the highest score game of the week. The Chiefs have the highest implied point total of the week. In these blowout games, it's typically been... Now, they can go off together, but Tyreek has typically been more likely to go off when Mahomes go off, where Kelsey, he can have his big games regardless of if Mahomes is throwing four or five touchdowns. So for that reason, I, I really like uh, Hill over Kelsey this week and just Hill as the pay-up receiver of the week. Totally makes sense. Um, I love the way that you uh, love the way that you laid that out about the the correlation there because that's something I hadn't even considered, hadn't even really thought about. But it makes a ton of sense, especially in this environment where I think the Browns are going to be able to give it back to the yeah. Chiefs a little bit too. You know, I, I really love the fact that Beckham's coming in fully healthy in Week One. You know, as, as healthy as Odell Beckham's ever going to be at this point in his career, it will be in Week One. I, I'm really excited to to see that matchup just in general play out from the Brown side. My pay up receiver this week, I was going to go with AJ Brown at this exact same price point but since we talked about Kyler Murray and I figured as we did hit on the um the kind of back and forth nature of that game the shootout potential of that contest like 
I do like AJ Brown, even though he's injured or whatever. The fact he's two dollars cheaper than Julio Jones, I'm not really concerned about the knee injury. I think they've just been kind of taking a load management perspective with that. Um, so I said all that to say I'm not actually picking AJ Brown here. I'm, I'm going to take <laughs> Justin Jefferson, okay. uh, even though I'm going to talk about the Vikings defense and sort of my concerns about the Bengals later on. I still think so. This would theoretically be a situation where Minnesota could take the air out of the ball. I still think Jefferson doesn't need a ton of volume to succeed. The Bengals secondary is. Uh, did you know the Bengals? Are, I think are like third in terms of cap spent percentage of cap spent or money spent on their defense. And that defense is who, like, who are they paying? It's like Trey. I mean, Trey <laughs> Hendrickson, they paid this year. They're paying like a bunch. They, they basically paid a bunch of, like a collection of average players to be in their starting lineup. So, but that defense doesn't even have a prayer to be average. And it certainly has no prayer in week one. Like Trey Waynes is a guy they picked up to count on. He's not going to play week one. Eli Apple, Eli Apple's like going to be starting for them in week one. So I think that the way the Vikings are going to get ahead in this spot is a lot of deep passes to Justin Jefferson. I, I think he can just be uber efficient in this spot here. Yeah, and another thing that I, I just like the the Vikings is like the potential like surprise blowout because you already talked about oh, yeah. the, you already talked about the, the defensive side on the Bengals and then another huge weak spot for the Bengals is their offensive line. A lot of times where we start to see these blowouts is like a, a sack, strip, fumble, touchdown, and then things just start going downhill. So bad defense, bad offensive line is just like it's prime for crazy game script against a really efficient offense. So, Oh, trust um, me. We're going to, we're going to dump on the Bengals. <laughs> we're going to dump on the Bengals a little bit in a little bit. So yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get on that one. Uh, let me, give me, hit, uh, hit me with your cheap receiver play. Uh, Rondale Moore from a game. We've already hit on a couple of times. Game we've already hit on. Um, and you already mentioned, uh, Kyler and a lot of people obviously are going to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to pair him with nuke. That's pretty obvious. But if you're, if you're going deeper or looking for value in that game, where do you go beyond that? Um, Rondale Moore, a guy that they spent second round draft capital on, he should be seen a uh, full complement of snaps right away. Um, a guy that, that I know pretty well wrote him up as, as golden Tate with perhaps a bit more juice. <laughs> so I'm hoping, that we see the that juice right here in um in this game that is expected to be a shootout he's going to be on the field a ton um he's he's fighting for targets with um with aj green who is is basically just a, a ghost out there at this point this point mm. and christian kirk who's he's he's had the opportunity and just hasn't been able to capitalize Zai. on it so i mean I, I think rondell morris gets that uh wide receiver two role going right away in week one He's like a perfect fit for their horizontal raid, as uh, Rich Rebar calls it, too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really like Rondo more throughout the year, and it wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprising if he is like everybody's favorite waiver receiver of the week when he gets 10 like short targets in this high scoring game. For that sure. would not surprise me at all. If this guy hasn't already been picked up in your redraft league, I guess you haven't been listening to me hype him up all offseason. It's Jacoby Myers. 14 bucks for the Patriots in week one. The Dolphins play a ton of man coverage. Myers is one of the best separators against man coverage. He's a really underrated route runner in general. Um, just think he's a good player who's too cheap right now. Basically, they, I, I, the salary, 14 bucks is too cheap for the volume that he's probably going to get. Um, similar to what I said about the, uh, the, the Saints pace of play, the, the Patriots were kind of up there too last year they were they're like down like almost like 900 plays run last year they're usually well over a thousand every year i think that's just the one cam newton year i think they're just going to be a much more voluminous offense overall and in this like this game i could see going like a hundred different ways i don't really have a good feeling about whether it would be high scoring low scoring with these two offenses but you know overall just again 
Myers is a guy who is probably going to be on the field for 90 plus percent of the snaps. He was up there last year once he started to get real legit playing time after Julian Edelman when her went down. He could be an outside receiver. He could be a slot receiver for this team. I, I it's going to be hard for me not to play him in like every single one of my lineups because, again, I think he's just way too cheap for the amount of volume he's going to get. Yeah, I was actually, this is a game that when the betting lines came out and I saw the over-under, I was actually really surprised that it was on the low side. Like, I I get that, you know, the, the Patriots might not be a very high-scoring team, at least until Mac Jones comes on. But, I mean, Miami is a team on the other side that they have a potential really high-scoring offense. And if yeah. if they do come out and and start throwing it around a little bit and, and the uh, Patriots are forced to, to match them in that, um, I mean, I like Jacoby a lot. He's a player that he hasn't really been on my radar for week one, but I, I do think this game has a really wide range of outcomes. And especially in tournaments, that wide range of outcomes is really what we're looking for, for especially for players that might not be super popular. Yeah, like that's kind of what I mean in terms of, this, like you said, wide range of outcomes with this game, because I think it's quarterback skepticism and both of these defenses should be above average overall mm. this year. So I think that's probably why people might think it'd be low, it would be lower scoring, but I think New England is quietly like bursting with young talent with Janu, with Myers, with Damian Harris. James White, I think, is going to be back to catch a bunch of passes. If Mac Jones is good and running, you know, that RPO heavy uh, intermediate short passing offense, this could be a pretty good start to the year from them. Let's jump into tight ends and we could be a little faster with this one because sure. it's just like who gives it's tight end. Like, what are we what are we even doing here? Uh, up at the top, George Kittle, you're getting a, a $8 discount on him against Travis Kelsey. I kind of talked about why I like Tyreek over Kelsey a little bit. Not that I'm fading Kelsey, but uh, you have as much, I, I would argue you have as much upside with Kittle as you do with Kelsey, especially this week against a really bad Detroit team. And uh, some of the reserve around K Kelsey in redraft this year might have been um, how much Trey Lance was going to affect him. But we're getting Jimmy G this week, and we've seen Kittle get a huge target share with Jimmy G back there. So at least week one, I think we could pencil in that that really monster like 25 to 20 percent target shared from uh, Jimmy G to George Kittle. Yeah, my guy Brandon Ayuk a little bit banged up coming into this game, too. If he's limited or doesn't play at all, then, you know, that would be a pretty good situation for Kittle. Like basically, that's going to be the analysis with the 49ers all year is any time that the target chair is going to be constricted via injury, which it could happen again this year like it was last year. You're just probably going to want to hammer the other like one of those two other guys at a value. So I think Kittle this week, if if Ayuk is like a decoy or banged up or something, then then that's a really good spot for him. Um, my guy is Logan Thomas, a, you know, a little less expensive at $19, but still up upper tier guy there. Thomas ran a lot of routes out of the slot, played a ton of snaps last year. Um, and overall, I, I think that he's just in a very good spot with Curtis Samuel banged up too. Obviously, I don't think Samuel plays week one. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. It doesn't sound like it. And if he is, he's not even going to be close to 100%. So um, this is a pretty good spot. I, it's, this is a game I have a tough time reading because like, I'm very excited about Washington's offense. I'm very excited about Los Angeles's offense, but also I think their defenses could be very good. Washington, I'm for sure like they're going to be good. Uh, Los Angeles with Brandon Staley coming over there and, and some really good talent as well with Derwin James, Joey Bosa, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think they could have a good defense. So this is one game that I haven't, I don't really know like how I feel about it exactly, but I am very confident in Logan Thomas's volume as the primary interior receiver for Washington and Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. 
Yeah, I, th- I think some people might be a little bit concerned about Logan Thomas maybe having to block some more against the, the Chargers defensive line. But I went back and, and looked at um, Thomas's routes run against different types of defense. And there was really no indication that he runs less routes or, or stays in more um, against good front sevens or good defensive lines than doesn't. His, his routes stay pretty consistently high regardless. So I don't think that should be a concern for people. Makes sense. All right. We both have a couple $10 flyers here at tight yep. end. I don't think any, I don't think any, this guy is going to be on many radars. So it's a good thing you're listening to this show, but give us your $10 tight end here. Um, again, tar- targeting situations in general, Tyler Conklin down at $10. Um, he averaged 42 yards per game with Rudolph out for the last four games last year, which isn't a huge number, but for a tight end, it's pretty decent. And if you could drop a touchdown on top of that, then you're, you're sitting, uh, you're sitting pretty in DFS, especially down at, at 10 bucks. Um, in tournaments, a lot of everyone's going to be on Dalvin. He'll be one of the most popular uh, plays of the week, along with CMC. And then, if people are targeting the pass catchers in this game, it's going to be Jefferson and Thielen to a lesser extent. So Conklin's just a, a, a really interesting play. And again, we already kind of mentioned it. Uh, this could be blowout potential in the Vikings' favor. Um, and they're they're just been a really efficient offense last year with the weapons they have. And and Conklin could be a part of that in Week One. If he scores a touchdown, basically he's made it for you. And and if we Absolutely. expect the Vikings to crush the Bengals, that's a pretty good uh, chance there. My and they like this guy too. They were gonna they yeah. they were kind of steadily pushing that excitement even when Irv Smith was around. So they yeah. like Tyler Conklin. My guy, ten dollars, Gerald Everett. The disrespect for Gerald Everett continues. Man was one of the most like underrated tight ends in drafts this year. Ten bucks in week one. He's gonna be. The clear-cut start, like, there's not going to be some tight end by committee here in Seattle. I think this game could, I, I, this is another game that I think could be kind of high scoring between Seattle and Indy, depending on Carson Wentz and all that stuff. But Gerald Everett at this price, like there's just going to be a pretty good chance every single week that he ends up kind of stealing some volume from Tyler Locke and DK Metcalf. Not enough to make me worry about either of those guys all season. Don't care about that. But Seattle has a huge gap from those two guys to their number three pass catcher. I think it's obviously going to be Everett, a guy that they went out and signed, paired with his old tight ends coach from Shane, Shane Waldron from the Los Angeles Rams. Like the disrespect for, for Gerald Everett continues, man. I think he's a good, pretty decent play here for 10 bucks. Yeah, and more importantly about Shane Waldron, it sounds like that Pete Carroll, at least to start the season, is going to let Russ cook. So if they can uh, if they can get that, that yeah. you know, that pass game going, and Russell Wilson is already the most efficient passer in history in terms of scoring. If, if he gets any type of, of volume where the offense is slanted towards the pass, there's going to be a ton to go around there. And, and Everett's just, I mean... I, I think that's a slam dunk play there against the Colts with a game that it should be pretty high scoring. I think I was like, I was like yelling to myself when I was like, he's 10 bucks. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. Like I was thinking about going for somebody at like 13 and being a little bit of a baby there, but I was able yeah. to actually go hardcore with a $10 tight end here, which is the minimum for uh tight ends at Yahoo. All right, TJ, let's jump into uh, defenses here. We talked about a few of these games already, but you can give me both yours and I'll, I'll do both mine after that. Yeah. The, uh, uh, Salaries are kind of weird at defense this week on Yahoo. The, the most expensive defenses aren't even really like the best plays. So if we're going up, like Bills are six and a half point favorites. And I think they're the, a lot of their season long numbers last year are skewed by Matt Milano not being there. I think they're actually a, an above average defense and, and they're big favorites. And then uh, down at 10 bucks, we talked about this already. Houston just looks like a dumpster fire. Just, <laughs> give me, just give me the Jaguars at 10 bucks. Like I don't even need to think about it against Houston. We're probably going to be targeting them every single week. 
I feel like we're going to say on this show a lot this year, like, okay, who are the Texans playing <laughs> yeah. this? Let's we can, let's yep. breeze through the defensive section. Just play who's ever playing the Texans until yeah. they, until they start getting into that like $20 range, which is definitely going to happen at some point. Uh, there's going to be like somebody really expensive. That's playing the, the Texans and you'll still be tempted to do it. I think you'll still <laughs> yeah. be tempted to yeah. do it. Um, even though for like all of his falls, Tyrod's a pretty safe quarterback. So that might be their one saving grace, but um, that's like trying to, you know, be safe when you're hiking up a, a volcano or something how safe can you really be in this offense my defensive picks speaking of a guy who's never safe uh, again as you mentioned there's not really a ton of appeal up at the top of the board in terms of defenses like maybe Carolina against Zach Wilson and the Jets I don't know but still the one that I came back to it not very expensive $13 the Denver Broncos typically we want to go with kind of a a home favorite all that type of stuff Uh, Denver is on the road but they're playing against Danny Dimes this defense is going to be electric in Denver this year just loaded at the cornerback position after drafting Patrick Sertan Um, Bradley Chubb Von Miller actually going to hopefully fire off together this year I think this defense is going to be awesome all season they're probably not going to be $13 very often. They're probably not going to be $13 against a quarterback who has like 27 total turnovers in his first two years or something like that. An absurd turnover rate, absurd fumble rate for Danny Dimes. And this offense, the, the offensive line was a mess in preseason, and they're not even really fully healthy. You know, Kenny Galladay has been in and out of training camp, barely practiced really all year. We know Saquon's injury situation. Um, you could probably expect like 12 catches for 89 yards for my guy Sterling Shepard in this spot uh, when Danny Dimes is trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And lastly, I don't even really think it's worth talking about many other defenses because the Vikings are 10 damn dollars, dude. Like we, and and we can just get into, since we already talked about your fade, we can get into my fade right now. And if you hadn't figured out, like I'm trying to not play any Bengals this week, man. I think it's going to be a nightmare. I think it's going to be a nightmare for them. I mean, we kind of talked about all the reasons we like the Vikings and, and don't love the Bengals in this game. I, I don't think the Bengals will be super popular, but I think there's going to be enough buzz from the redraft community that's excited for Burrow with this trio that we are going to see, uh, you know, some decent roster rates on some of these players. We didn't even talk about Joe Mixon. I think he's cheap enough where he might be semi-popular, uh, but I think just leveraging that and just playing all of your Vikings is the move this week. Yeah, and the Bengals too. I think there will be some appeal to play T. Higgins because you know, and because T. Higgins is good, and Jamar Chase is—he's got the yips or whatever the hell's going on with Jamar Chase. I think there might be some like, oh, well, this will be a really good game for them to focus on T. Higgins and not focus on Jamar Chase. But yeah, I, I'm fading all the Bengals this week just because bad offensive line. Mike Zimmer's not having a bad defense two two years in a row. I don't think that's going to happen. Daniel Hunter's back. They got um, Everson Griffin back. Like they should have a much better pass rush against that disastrous offensive line there i love the vikings at ten dollars could definitely see as you outlined earlier a strip sack fumble touchdown type thing let's give let's give our flex plays here uh to kind of close out you've got another chiefs player here for a pretty decent i actually put in our staff lineup i put this guy at my flex position yeah this is just a especially i think this is one of the best tournament plays of the week uh clyde edwards hilaire so many people are going to be on the past game of the chiefs the guys that i mentioned the primary guys and they're looking to get contrarian with maybe like a michael hardman or something like that then bringing it back with the Browns pass catchers. I haven't gotten in like the idea of leverage on this podcast, but if you play GPPs, just being able to have a player that's not super popular on a team that's going to be very popular, especially, especially if it's the rushing game against the passing game. Uh, he just seems like one of the most obvious and best leverage plays of the week to me. Yeah. I love that call. And I just think ton of volume, you know, I, even if the Browns can kind of keep pace here, 
um, keep it, you know, give it back a little bit to the Chiefs. I still think that nevertheless, like, I, I, you know, CEH should be in a good spot here as the Chiefs kind of control this contest. My guy is Keenan Allen. Why is Keenan Allen $18? I, I don't know, man. If if you go on the four for four, um, <laughs> if you go on the four for four value report, I think he's the the third best non quarterback value of the week on Yahoo. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, what are we doing here? Guy, he might he might see twenty targets this week. Yeah, I mean, I know I like feel like I'm kind of talking out of both sides myself here, where I said like I'm, I don't really know how I feel about this game, and then I picked two guys from this game. <laughs> but, but listen, that, nevertheless. That, that's what we talked about with scoring, right? If you understand how scoring works, like the game could be kind of messy, but Keenan Allen, if he sees all of the targets, he's a great play. Yeah, I mean, $19 for Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett, $19, Chase Claypool, 18 Debo, Keenan Allen, it's, uh, it's DJ bonkers. Chark, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Smith. Like, that's who he's tiered up with. Like you said, volume monster, double-digit targets per game with Justin Herbert last year. I think there's a chance Keenan Allen could... I've talked about him as like the potential wide receiver one overall this year, like as a sneaky long shot type of guy. So yeah, I mean, give me Keenan Allen at $18. That's just absurdly like mispriced there. I I think he is, even if this game doesn't get crazy high scoring or anything, he's going to get a ton of volume and is obviously a stud there. Well, TJ, that was awesome. That felt like it took five minutes, but actually we've been talking for like 45 minutes, which is a good sign for us. Football's Um, fun. Football might do football. It might be good. It might be fun. I'm excited that, yeah, in not podcast time, but in real earth time, we have a game in like less than two hours here that we're actually going to be watching here, which is pretty exciting. Uh, before we get out of here, man, let's just plug both of our, our, you know, our collaboration podcasts here. So tell the people out there that might not be familiar Tell them about the DFS MVP pod. Uh, DFS MVP uh, over at 444 Football. We're talking about um, all of of the uh, DFS stuff you're looking for. Whatever site you play on, we're doing uh, value plays over there. We talk GPPs on our um, Sunday morning subscriber-only show. So be sure to go to 444 Football on Twitter or TJ Hernandez on Twitter, and I'm always plugging them as soon as they come out. So uh, be sure to check those out. And this one, obviously, we got got Yahoo every week now. We've been trying to do it. now we finally have it. Hell yeah, buddy. We got this thing going on. And of course, check out the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast where you won't af- actually have to put up with me the, the entire time. I'm only like a few times a week, uh, but we've also got a lot of other great hosts there, everyone that you know and love from Yahoo. So make sure you check that out. All different kinds of episodes every single week. Five, five days. Was I guess now with this show, it's six days a week, right? I mean, if, if you know, Brett wasn't over at his um, at his bar cart, you know, which is like two feet away from his desk, which I totally respect. He could actually correct me on this one. But I think, yeah, this is with this we're six days a week, which is pretty exciting. Uh, so anyways, yeah, make sure you check out, subscribe to our two podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate everybody listening to this show. We really appreciate the excitement from people on social media about TJ and I pairing up together, but it probably doesn't compare to the excitement that the two of us have. So um, enjoy the games this weekend. Go crush it in DFS. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. That's at TJ Hernandez. Make sure you check out at Yahoo Fantasy and at 4 for 4 Football. We are out. <laughs>